Lord, I pray that uh, those that are here tonight would uh, just calm their senses, take their thoughts away from the hustle and bustle of this holiday season, this Christmas time, the needs of the season, the wishes to please everyone with gifts, to make everything right, to make everything perfect. I pray that those that are here would just simply listen to what I have to say tonight, not that it's so miraculous or so great, because it comes out of my mouth. It is inspired by you, Lord, but I just pray that they would uh, be here to listen and perhaps to understand what it is that I have to say that I'm bringing tonight. And I pray that you be in every word, Lord. I pray that you would. I pray that in Jesus' name. disappointed because Thanksgiving has passed and when I was a kid especially in school we would always have to come up with something that we were thankful for y'all still do that in school still do that they say okay everybody share with the group what it is you're thankful for and we would say things like well I'm thankful for my puppy dog or I'm thankful I have especially if my mother was Sunday school teachers, thankful that I have good parents. Um, I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for that. Well, tonight my message is a, is a little bit of a testimony, not just my testimony, but testimony of a couple of your favorite people here I know. Well, actually, there's three people involved. But I want to begin by reading Romans 8, and I don't, I don't have a lot of scriptures tonight, but I have enough. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Notice I said everything. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. All right, Connie, would you give us the first picture on the screen? Y'all seen a picture like that before? This is going back to Thanksgiving. This is... Um, supposed to be a Puritan couple, or we would call them the Pilgrims. And that's sort of how they would have dressed, perhaps. That's probably on their best day. And so we've seen that. At Thanksgiving, we've seen that. said, oh, well, then they cooked turkey, and they did, well, they probably didn't cook turkey, but that's the little game we play. Okay, let's have the next picture, Connie. And this is kind of a caricature of the, the couple that was in the previous picture. And I would ask you, why does a pilgrim man have trouble keeping his pants up? Anybody know why? Have you ever heard that before? It's because his belt buckle is on his hat. Okay, that's my corny joke. That's my corny joke. Actually, Carrie Wright wanted to know if I had some corny jokes tonight. That's as corny as I get. Okay. So that's enough of the pictures. So you've seen everything that I'm going to illustrate tonight. Okay? Now, when I first spoke at this church, it was years ago, and it was on a Sunday morning, and it was sort of kind of a testimonial on my part. And when I got through, Joyce came up to me and she said, you sure did talk about yourself a lot. Well, that's kind of the way testimonies are. I mean, the only testimony I've got uh, that I can claim is mine. But I would like to talk about those things that we are not necessarily 
thankful for, but that are to our benefit. Notice when I read the scripture, it says everything works together for our good. Everything. So I'm going to do some confession tonight. I'm going to talk about myself, so I'm saying. But again, I'm going to talk about some other well-known people here. Um, when I went to college, I was taking electrical engineering. And I didn't realize when I signed on to do that that it got into some pretty bad math. I've got an engineering degree, it's an industrial engineering degree, but electrical engineering gets off into not just calculus. Anybody in here taking calculus? Haven't, haven't taken it? Okay, a few of you unfortunate people have it or have had it. And then it goes beyond calculus into differential equations. I did not do well at calculus. I got by differential equations. I was horrible. I still don't understand it. But I'm here today to declare that I just want my professors to know this, that since I graduated from college, it's been close to 19,600 days, and I have still not had to use calculus anymore. <laughs> still don't need it. But it, anyhow, I'm saying that to say that it was difficult, and I flunked out, and my grades were bad enough one quarter, we were on a quarter system, one quarter that I flunked out. That doesn't sound like a good thing, does it? I had a wonderful mom and dad, and Joyce has heard this story before, I may have told it here before. Um, I went back to school thinking I was going to be admitted, and I got there, and they said, well, no, you can't sign up for any courses because you're academically ineligible. It was the same thing as flunked out, okay? So I had to stay out for at least a quarter and try to re-qualify to get back in. So I called my mom. My dad's working. Called my mom. I didn't have transportation, and they drove 90-some miles from where we lived to where I was in school at the University of Tennessee. So daddy gets off from work. I don't know what happens at home. I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to get it. And they drive down to pick me up and all my belongings, not saying a word to me. We just kind of cordial and quiet and nice and all that kind of thing. And eat on the way home and I'm still thinking, boy, I ain't going to get it. And I get up the next morning and my dad did not go to work that day. So my dad says, well, get ready, because we're going fishing. We're going fishing. Oh, I see. He's going to get me on the, on the lake where he and I are together, and my mom's not there, and he is really going to give it to me there. So what we did that day was go out on the lake and fish. Never a word about my grades, <clears throat> about my wasting his money in school, not making it. Not a word. Now, days later, he came back to me because I had to stay out of quarter. There was time on my hands. He comes to me and he suggests to me, well, maybe you, if you want to do engineering, perhaps you'd do this. And we talked, and that's what I signed on to do. So, <clears throat> and when we went back and I sought readmission, we went before a counselor who sat there and he told my dad, not me so much, but my dad, he said, when students do this and they flunk out and they try to come back, there's a 
very low percentage of the time that they actually end up getting a degree. And my dad looked at him and said, that won't happen. So my dad, on that occasion, which could have been horrible, I flunked out. I admit it, I flunked out. That's a low point in my life, one of the lowest points. But out of that came an expression by my dad of support and love for me that I may never have seen in the same way. And that's the part of the purpose of what I'm saying tonight is that you young people, you may have had a wonderful, glamorous, fun-filled existence up to this point, but there undoubtedly will be things that will happen to you in your life that you will look at and say, that's it, that's, that's as bad as it can get. God can use that, he uses that as well as the good things to your benefit. So these are the kind of things that I'm gonna talk about, not just, not just for me, but for some others. Um, so I went on and I, I, I graduated. You can go to my house and see my diploma hanging up there. It's there, proudly displayed. I did confess to Emily, though, tonight. I said I just kind of got in the back door. I, I confess that. So what happens to me? I, I'm in the advanced ROTC, and I go, and I graduate, and I get a commission in the Army. Wow, okay, wow. I'm starting off in the Army as an officer with orders for Vietnam. It's kind of a bummer. At the same time, <clears throat> there is a gentleman who has graduated just before me from my high school. We'll call him Chris. That's not his real name. But Chris says, boy, he's really hit it. It's just exactly right. He's a big uh, he-man type uh, football player. Um, he was in ROTC, and he was like a, some higher up rank, you know, general, double general or something. He's way up there. And he gets married when he graduates. He gets a commission in the Army, just like I did. This guy marries one of the majorettes from the college. Beautiful lady. Beautiful couple. He goes into military intelligence. And he is assigned a station on the uh, French Riviera. Now, guys in, in Army intelligence, any kind of military intelligence, these are the guys that work attached to embassies, foreign embassies and such, and they've got secret jobs and all this kind of, don't have to wear a uniform, they're walking around in dress clothes and you know, just looking good and having a big life. This guy has got it made, and I was jealous, there's no doubt, I was jealous of this guy. Wow, boy, he is just right. So I go off to Vietnam and, uh, by the grace of God, I go through some things, and I was going to recount some of those, but it's it's not not that important. But I go through, and I'm thinking, how unlucky for me, just right out of school, I do a little bit of training, and I'm going to, going to Vietnam. That's not what I pictured my life being. And I come back, and I ask about this Chris guy. I said, well, how's he doing, so forth and so on. Somebody says, he died. He died? Yeah, he was in a car wreck over there in the French Riviera with that wonderful job he had. He's gone. Wow. So I reconsidered and I thought, maybe I'm not doing so badly. Even though I thought that 
where I was, what I was going to be doing, and how it would come out was bad. I came out without a scratch. Things were good. And I did not even recognize that God had his hand on me through any of this. I did not. I just thought these things happen. Now, later on, some years later, Joyce and I got married, and we had a son. Well, you know what? Kenny. Kenny spoke. See, Kayla and Kenny both kind of messed with me a little bit. They both, when Kayla prayed this evening, she said some things that were kind of like what I was going to talk about. And Kenny began to preach Sunday, and I thought, well, he's going to preach my message. And they kind of got me going there. But I have to say this about Kenny. Kenny was, when he was growing, growing up, he was not really in a lot of trouble. He was a pretty good kid. You don't have to tell him I said that, but he was a pretty good kid. Except that. You remember Kenny talked about entitlement, that we, we're not entitled to anything. You know, God gives us what he gives us, but do not ever think that we're entitled to anything. Well, Kenny, when he's... I suspect when he was about 15, he had this girlfriend, okay? Her name was Kesha. You may know her. And Kesha lived some distance from us, about seven miles away. And Kenny thought that it was important that I buy him a dirt bike or something so that he could go to Kesha's whenever he wanted to. He thought that was pretty important. So he comes to me one day and he starts, Dad, let me talk to you. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, now that I'm older, you know, um, this is the way things should be. I need some way to go to Cash's, and I think that I should have such and such, and, you know, you should provide da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm not usually real belligerent or come down on anybody really heavy, but this was one of those occasions in which I said, son, legally I am obligated to provide you clothes, something to eat, a place to live, get you to school, provide what you need in school. Anything beyond that, consider it a gift. Do not instruct me on what you will or will not have beyond that. Yes, sir. So that was that discussion. But the reason I said that is because sometimes when we're doing well, we do get a sense of entitlement. We think that, really, I can pray for what I want, and I'm a good person, and God will give it to me. And he'll probably give it to me, and maybe very little bit from the way that I expected it, but not much. I, the Lord, this is the way I want it, and you know, if you could give it to me right now, that, that'd be good. I'm willing to wait 30 minutes, but uh, I, I think I think I'm I think you owe this to me. You've heard the song uh, Garth Brooks. I'm not a big Garth Brooks fan, but you know the the song "Thank God for Unanswered Prayers." So uh, if you don't know it, you know he he is with his wife, and he goes somewhere, and he sees his old girlfriend, and he recalls how. He had prayed that God would give him this girl as his wife. And now he sees her through different eyes and he says, thank God for unanswered prayers. And the same thing is 
probably true of each of us, that we pray what we pray and we expect what we expect, maybe not always with best of intentions or best of sense. So not everything turns out exactly as we think or expect. So um, we have a daughter. Joyce has a daughter by her first marriage, Marlena. When we got married, I had a daughter by my first marriage. Joyce had two children, David and Marlena, by her first marriage. And then Kenny is our son. But Marlena was married, and she and her husband wanted children, and Marlena didn't get pregnant. And in fact, the doctors told her, you can't have children. That's a bummer. If we prayed about it, would God give Marlena children? You would think. Marlena didn't have children. But lo and behold, one day she had three. Not at the same time. Marlena has three children. So our, our hopes were dashed at one point. Oh, poor Marlena, she'll never have children. Dear God, she has three. And I can tell you about each of them. Christina... The oldest, when she was small, and I don't recall her age, but she had a knot on her arm. And we forget these things. I promise you, I forget, I forget the goodness of God many times. But Christina had a little knot on her arm. She said it was a pea under her, under her skin, and it was removed, and it was cancer. And she, her mother and dad, took her to St. Jude's on numerous occasions, and they kept checking, they kept it scanning her, et cetera, et cetera, just keeping an eye on her. And Joyce finally one time said, I'm going to go this time. I'm going to see what that place is like, and I'm going to see what goes on. And she was in the office, I promise you. She was in the office, and the doctor came in and announced proudly, I don't see any reason to bring this child back here anymore. There's no sign of cancer. We haven't found any for such and such a period of time. And you think I talk about that all the time? I forget, I forget, I forget how good God has been. And that young lady is now a mother. She's a teacher at uh, Munford Elementary, has two beautiful baby girls. Doing well. Allison, the middle daughter. Allison had troubles in school. Allison was not a good student. Allison dropped out of school. Allison had a trouble, a troubled time. But Allison, with age, went back and got her a degree, and she and her boyfriend are going to get married next year. I'm going to have the pleasure of marrying them. And, and I'm telling you to say that you can look at, at any point in time in your life and say, I don't see God being with me. And he's working. He's working in the future. He's working all the time. Savannah. Savannah is the youngest. And Savannah, because of Kenneth and her experience with radiation and, and all the things that she underwent at Children's, Savannah determined that she was going to be a radiation therapist, specialist, nurse, something like that. And that didn't work out as far as 
being able to go to the right schools and all this sort of thing. But right now, she is a student and she's pursuing a, an RM. She's pursuing an RM because of Kenneth's influence, because of what occurred to Kenneth. So there is a negative, we would count that as a negative that Kenneth is a cancer patient going through all of this, but there's going to be an RN that is an RN because of Kenneth, the grandmother. Um, you know, and we could we could look and we could say we could look at Kenny and Kenneth and Cass and Cassie, look at their plight and say, well, that is horrible to have a child, to have a child to, to, to suffer through all of that and to, to not endure, to actually pass away. Now I have no, no doubt as to where Kenneth is. I, I, I don't have any doubt about what her circumstance is. But we could look at that in a negative light and say, well, how can, how can a, a, a wonderful God allow something like that to happen? But it's also true that if we were to be able to go back and speak to God and say, well, God, would you let this happen? It is also true that God could look at us and say, fine, your wish is granted. You'll have no children. Is that not true? So we are, we are blessed in ways we do not often recognize. Yes, we only had Kenneth for a short time. But by golly, we had Kenneth. Wonderful Kenneth. Okay, we'll read from Ephesians 3, verses 19 and 20. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. That's what I'm trying to say. We may not understand it. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. He's going to accomplish things with us and through us even though we may not even ask them or think them. All right. Unless there is anyone here who has been under a, if, if there has been anyone here who has been under a rock for a while, I'd like to share some things. This is Dawn Hedgepeth, and this is what she said on Facebook about Marley. Y'all know and love both of them, and Joe. I got this directly off of Facebook, and this is Dawn's testimony about their, their walk. This was after Marley had her surgery and was recovering. She said, I'm thanking God tonight for who he is, whether or not I recognize it. Neither his sovereignty, goodness, or deity are determined by my belief or my prayers being answered in the way in which I want. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe not the way we asked. Maybe not the way we wanted. Actually, thinking on it tonight, if God had answered my prayers a while back, things could have turned out a lot different for Marley. I prayed against her seizures. I prayed he would heal her from them and she could be free from them. 
If he had answered this prayer, we may have never learned what ultimately became the greater risk to her health. The seizures led to an MRI, and the MRI eventually led me to this cot, three inches off the floor next to our girl who was sleeping soundly tonight, less than 48 hours out of brain surgery. I'm selfish and ignorant on my best day, but thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit interceding on my behalf when I'm too human to see the bigger picture and I just don't know what is truly good. I'm learning more and more to trust the light inside to guide me in the darkness. What an unbelievable week we've had. Marley continues to improve daily, plus time spent with everyone under one roof is always icing on the cake. This, and there's a picture, this picture is exactly how my heart feels. It's all of them together close to my girls and more thankful for our life together than I ever thought possible. See, Dawn has pointed out in here the things that she thought were bad and God used them for his purpose for Marley's healing. And again, if y'all have not been under rock, you know that uh, Marley was there at the doctor today, had her stitches removed. She'll be in school tomorrow. You do know that. Good news keeps coming. Okay, this is from my darling granddaughter, Cassidy. And you've probably seen this. This year, as always, I have so much to be thankful for. My beautiful family, my amazing friends, my awesome teammates, and wonderful roommate, Abby. My mom and dad are the most supportive, loving, and powerful people that I know. However, I cannot dismiss how much I've been blessed by my Heavenly Father this year. He has shaped and molded me so much this year, I'm so thankful for who He calls me to be. This year, I'm thankful for my God and the clarity He provided when it came to UAB. I never expected my, co I never expected, listen, I never expected my college selection to turn out this way. But from the moment I stepped into the labs on Monday, He settled my restless heart. Thank you to my father that knows what I need better than I do. Thanksgiving this year is exactly what it was always meant to be about him. I could not be more grateful. Go Blazers. And then this is what her, her dad has to say. This is what Kenny has to say. He puts something in answer to this, but then he says, I've got something else to say. I wasn't going to, but I have to. One of the things I'm most proud of is how she has handled the challenges that have come her way. Her dorm room will be just 500 yards from the place where her sister took her last breath when Cass was only four years old. Now, do y'all know what Cass is going to study? Biomedical engineering. She wants to do things in the engineering field with medical devices to help people in need. And you know Cass's background, how she's worked with special needs kids, blind kids. She was inspired by that, by the situation that her sister was in. Again, something that could have been negative has been turned into a positive. He says, we have a choice about how to handle adversity. We can either let it burn us or we can let it set us on fire. 
We have the choice, but we do not boast in ourselves. We boast in Jesus Christ, who gives us strength and peace that surpasses our understanding. Hashtag thankful. So I thank you all for listening, and I'm glad that I got this chance to say why I am thankful. Even though it's beyond Thanksgiving, I'm sorry I'm taking, taking that opportunity. Never, never, young people, never, never, never forget that. It says that God uses all things, all things. Don't look at, don't go around just telling people about, well, I got a car I wanted, or I'm going to school I wanted, and, and things are going good between me and my boyfriend, and, and this kind of thing. Treasure those things where you, that you learn from that could put you down, but that you learn from them, and you see God's hand and how you came out of it, I would ask that you would do that. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that you've allowed me the time to, to give testimony, to give uh, time to what you have done in my life and the life of others who love you. And I thank you, Lord, that we not be so blind that we're not, not obedient because we see negatives. We see things in front of us that we think are insurmountable. So I pray, Lord, that you would be with us again in this season. I pray that this season, as I call it, would be not just simply Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it would be a season of worship of you, Lord, worship of and adoration of you, Lord, because of what you've been doing in our lives. And I thank you for my life. I thank you for my life, for the life of my family, my lovely wife. that those are in, that are in need in this season 